We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast march 1st the calendar has turned over spring is on the horizon and maybe so perhaps is a decision for the green bay packers quarterback hello everybody welcome to the Pack-A-Day podcast, I am the host in standing this evening. I'm Jacob Westendorf. Mr. Stack is being a teacher. I don't know what, what's going on, but from what I've gathered for the reason that he's not here, I don't know if there's much hope for the youth in America anyways, <laughs> but, I'm, <laughs> but I'm joined. I mean, if Mr. Stack is Mr. Stack, there wasn't much hope to begin with. That's also fair. And the other voice that you just heard is Ross Uglum, the publisher of Packer Report. Ross, welcome to the show. How are we feeling? I'm good. Welcome to your please listen to this before Rogers announces he's coming back on McAfee edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Again, apparently. We thought that was the case yeah. last week, and that was that was not uh, what happened. So Rogers did not announce anything. I will give Aaron credit from this standpoint. At least he told us at the beginning of his interview that I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it doesn't, there isn't anything like confirmed, confirmed that Rogers is going to be on McAfee tomorrow. There was just like an Albright leak that said uh, McAfee show might have like all new ratings or something like that. And there was another, like a couple of rumblings here or there, but nothing official, official, no McAfee tweet this week or anything like that. So the idea is that, or at least the prevailing thought is that Rogers will be on the show tomorrow and announcing that he's coming back. And Ross, that seems to be most people's big takeaway from his appearance last week on McAfee is that he's either retiring or he's staying in green Bay and going to be the quarterback for the foreseeable future. That's what you took away from that as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the tea leaves, like, like we kind of mentioned the tea leaves have always pointed to retirement or, Green Bay, you know, this whole Mike Florio thing of like Rogers is enraged and they're just trying to butter up to him. So he comes back like that's all just pretend at this point. I mean, it, it's just not based in reality. And that's what we've seen really since he I mean, I think we've seen a couple things. Right. I think we've seen a um, that that he realizes just how good this team is. And, and and he probably he might be looking at Tampa Bay thinking, man, that, that can really unravel fast as far as the guy's 
you know, that, that are leaving and, and um, you know, the lack of success Tampa had in the, in the, in the playoffs this last year. And, you know, I think right away he probably saw Tom leave and win a title and probably got annoyed by that. But then I think he saw, okay, it's, it's tough. Even though you could say the same thing for Stafford, Stafford's in a little different situation. Um, ultimately he wanted to be heard unless he's flat out lying to everybody. He feels like he's being heard. And that's probably enough to salvage the relationship at this point. Yeah. After the airing of grievances press conference in July, which is what everybody's calling it. I don't know if that's been officially what it's been titled, but that's what everybody's <laughs> calling it. After fairly, that, fairly, yeah, fairly, absolutely. Yeah, fairly. after that, it felt like, you know, Hey, this is it. He's done. And he's just kind of here because he has to be not necessarily because he really wants to be, and he just wants to play football. But if he had his druthers, he would play somewhere other than green Bay really since the turning point that we talked about last week, which was that Chicago game where he kind of said, well, I'm not sure this was my last game at soldier. I don't think it's my last game, whatever it was exactly that he said, everybody was kind of like, boing, there's the first yeah. like hint, right. That he's coming back. How about so, Lazard yeah. dropping hints too? How yeah, today. Was yeah. <laughs> like, we go yeah. to London. It's like, bro, you're not under contract. Yeah. Are you sure? Are <laughs> you're you not going, going to London? Yeah. That's the other piece of news today. The Packers are going to London. Uh, stop whining about that. Dara Carragher gets to go to a Packers game, and I am happy for him. The city of Green Bay survived a COVID year where there were no fans in the stands. They will survive not getting a ninth game in the regular season. They'll be just fine on that end on the Rogers end before we move uh, completely onto some, something completely different, because like you said, Ross, this is basically based in pretend at this point, the trade machine stuff can end the, would the Packers do this trade would, can end. You don't need to do any of that stuff. But Ian Rappaport is talking today at the combine and said that the two sides are working on an extension that will make him the highest paid player in the NFL for a short term deal. Uh, how short that remains to be seen. And, Highest paid, what exactly that means remains to be seen because his cap number, it, it's going to drop. His cap number is going to drop significantly. There's no question about that for what the Packers are going to do. So kind of like we just said, I don't even really need to kick this over. Aaron Rodgers is either coming back to Green Bay or he's retiring, and I can't imagine they would spend this much time working on an extension if Rodgers was going to ultimately retire and or ask for a trade. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback in Green Bay. It's really just a matter of him coming on Pat McAfee's show and confirming what is one of the worst kept secrets, I think, uh, of the last couple of weeks. Speaking of the combine, that is this week. Uh, Ross and I unfortunately oh, cannot go. Uh, Ross doesn't want to talk about it. He can't go. And Morley's not going either. Nobody. And these are groups of yeah. people. We've, we have all been at the combine before. So this is a uncommon occurrence for one of us, at least, to not be there uh, between the last couple of years, at least. And unfortunately, not able to swing that this year. But going into the combine, what I wanted to do, Ross, was have you pick one of the team's needs and who's somebody going into the combine that your eyes are on of like, that's my guy. That's what I want to see over that first week. Or maybe it's a guy that you've mocked to the Packers quite frequently. And you can check out Mock Draft Monday on Packer Report, PackerReport.com every single Monday. And he does that, not just his own, but a lot of people's from around the NFL. So be sure to check those out. But yeah, who is your guy going into a team needs position going into the combine? <laughs> uh, I feel like the easy answer is Christian Watson. Um, because this is, you know, for me covering North Dakota state and seeing him just erase angles on people. And I mean, people that are five foot 11, you know, 190 pounds, like people that he's way bigger than um, I've always wondered, it's, it's always been kind of one of those things. Uh, 
you know, you, you people talk to you behind the scenes, tell you he can run four, three flat. That would be bonkers. But, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that, that you're just waiting to see. The other one that I'm really interested in um, is DeMarvin Leal and just kind of how he does. And if I'm, if it's Leal or if I'm mispronouncing that, I'm sure I'll get it figured out by the end of draft season, but he's a guy, um, you know, that the folks have talked about from a, this one might surprise you standpoint, as far as it's a position they've taken in the past. It's a position, um, you know, where, where they could, they could take a toolsy guy and, and kind of, you know, groom him. They did just lose Kingsley Kiki. He was mocked in the top 10 of this draft. You know, like when people were doing their way too early mocks right after last year's draft, he was a big part of that. Got great size. I think would fit right in, in that four eye position in this, you know, whatever you want to call it, Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio, Joe Barry defense. Uh, and, and ultimately, though he's he's a dice roll because the production wasn't there and there was an arrest uh, marijuana related arrest as well and um ultimately i think he's gonna be a little bit of a dice roll but you want to know what the what the what the upside is like what are you what are you rolling your dice for if he goes and has a good combine interviews well but more, more importantly to me tests well and shows you this is an elite athlete this is a five-star prospect that, that changes things a little bit for me. Yeah, it could be one of the – I mean, different because the Packers are picking in 28th and not 12th, but you mentioned taking a toolsy guy kind of in the mold of what they did with Rashawn Gary a couple of years ago. And the reality about the Packers' defensive line is that with Kenny Clark being the only guy really with some juice as far as the pass rush goes, Kingsley Kiki was their second-best pass rush. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And that loss stings, I think, a little bit more than what is being let on. And that's where somebody – I said earlier today that I think DeMarvin Leal is going to be the guy that could be the guy that causes some groans on draft night from the Packers fan base just on what could be – it could be something that they really like, especially if he tests really well and has a big uh, combine like that. Right, exactly. I think they groan less at that point. Yeah. So my guy on the other side, I'm going to stay on the line of scrimmage, and I have been – very uh, outspoken because this is the time of year where everybody starts mocking receivers to the Packers and their drafts. And, and that's all well and good. And I understand it, but I did that today. And Ross did that today. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying it's impossible, but it just hasn't happened since 2002. Now it would have happened in 2019 if Justin or 2020, excuse me, if Justin Jefferson or Brandon, I, you could fall in just a little bit further, but it didn't. And they haven't since 2002. So I'm a believer that their first pick in this year's draft is going to be on line of scrimmage and probably on the defensive side of the ball. I am looking at my Jai Sanders uh, from Cincinnati as one of those guys that you look at the edge class, you know, Hutchinson and Thibodeau, those guys are no ways. They're not going to be anywhere near where Green Bay is going to be able to pick. And then it's kind of a toss up between, you know, Kalarftis, Trayvon Walker, David Ajabo, some of that group. So you're trying to find some of those guys toward the end uh, of the first round of who is going to be available there. And Sanders is one of those guys that certainly could be. I love you know, some of the explosion stuff that he has on tape. He had some good stuff. Uh, from the all-star game that he played in this year as well. So that's one of those things that I think the Packers could certainly use. And at the end of the first round, you're not – I mean, Brian Gutekunst has shown a propensity to trade up and get his guys. So if somebody like Kalarftis or Ojabo or somebody like that is in like at 22, 23, could he move up and go get that guy? Certainly. But if he doesn't want to do that, and with the limited draft capital that they could have this year – that's one of those guys that you want to see. How does he test? How's his explosion stuff? How do those you know typical measures uh, come in for what the Packers typically like with their edge guys? And somebody 
finally gracing us with his presence to talk about some of those things is Mr. Stack, Jacob Morley, has joined us now. And Jake, what I was talking about, so Ross took Kristen Watson uh, by default and then, of course, went to DeMarvin Leal. What we're talking about is uh, who is your guy at a position that you're watching for the NFL Combine here? So I took my Jay Sanders, and I might have butchered his name as well. So in the in the spirit of butchering people's names, because Ross might have done that with Leal, yeah. who's somebody Who's somebody that you really like that you're watching? Um, let me, ju- let me jump in real quick just on the Sanders thing because I'm doing edge um, yeah. for my, my draft evals. And um, I, I found something sad uh, with, with two guys that I've loved, and that's Devontae Wyatt. Yep. And now it's Jermaine Johnson. And what is that? They're oh, old. They old. <laughs> and so <laughs> just be careful on They're stuff old. like that. Pay attention to stuff that Goody has done in the past, especially early. And as much as I may like Jermaine Johnson on tape, uh, if he's 24, uh, Goody's not going to take him. So anyway, that, the, the, that was my take with the edge class and with that like Ojabo, Johnson, Sanders, Ebatike, like group is pay attention to even like Boye Mafe, like pay attention to the ages of these kids. And Ojabo is going to be interesting. To me, I've seen him mocked as high as like eight. Yeah. I just think somebody that he's smaller. Well, Jeremiah had the kid from uh, Georgia fifth overall. Yeah. Walker. Yeah. Walker was five overall. Yeah, so that's going to be fun to watch. Anyways, we've jumped on Jake enough. Mr. Stack, welcome to the show. Did you save the youth of America? I'm trying, man. Yeah, I was just about to uh, just about to talk, and then Ross just jumped all over me. What the heck is this? What? Yeah, well, also, though, speak, speaking of uh, DeMarvin Leal, is this how you pronounce his name? Uh, I just put him, actually, in my mock draft Monday at 28 for the Packers. Uh, using the Green Bay Draft Guide big board for that. And he's a guy that I think we hit on all the the, the points here, too. Like, he is a, a young guy. Uh, he's going to be 21 when he's drafted 22 his rookie year. And he is a guy that I think is going to test really well. Uh, so a guy that I, I like a lot as well for a fit for this Packers team at the end of round one. It just really seems like it would make a lot of sense. Um, we, of course, will see how he, he tests. Uh, Kenny Clark did not test, you know, super well, though. But our – our good pal, uh, Peter Bukowski, pointed this out on uh, Lockdown Packers today, too, and I was listening to him, and I think he made, some, made a good point with talking about interior defensive linemen and how the Packers maybe don't necessarily value them at such a high clip because you look at the two guys they've taken high, and this is these are his thoughts, but I, I do agree with it. B.J. Raji and Kenny Clark, two guys that if you're going to run a 3-4 and need to have that kind of that stopper, you need to have the guy. And once they have the guy, they haven't really drafted guys that high um, behind him, especially in round one. So I think that's an interesting little nugget. Uh, But he would be an interesting guy for this Packers team. So we're talking about – we are talking about guys that we are excited to see at the Combine. Is that kind of the – Or somebody that you just want to know. So like my thing with Sanders when I was I want to know the explosion stuff. Sure. Uh, Ross wants to know how – Really how fast Christian can run at 6'4", 2'12". We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I yeah. got you. Okay, so mine, mine would be, I want to know if Justin Ross is healthy. I want to know what his medicals are. You know, Justin Ross, the receiver from Clemson that I'm sure a lot of people remember him from the 2019 College Football Championship, just absolutely having his way with Alabama. And then not – oh, absolutely, just disgusting. Yeah. I think he had over 150 yards in that game. You know, he was making just a bully down the field, just a, an absolutely incredible athlete. The body control, the, the ability to high point the late hands. I mean, all of that on display as like an 18-year-old against freaking Nick Saban in Alabama. And then, of course, um, had his sophomore year, probably didn't take the steps that a lot of people expected him to his sophomore year. But then, of course, uh, the really interesting thing about him is the spinal, the, uh, the spinal fusion that he had to have, the surgery. I think a lot of people thought he was done playing football. Um, actually was able to come back this last year. Um, he won the ACC award. I forget what it's called, but the ACC award for most courageous player um, because a lot of people thought he was just done playing football. But he comes yeah. back and has has a has a has a decent year, right? Um, and I think you watch him compared to his freshman year, and I think he is such an interesting case study because his freshman year he looked way more explosive than he did coming back with the neck injury. But my man also played with a fractured foot this last year. So you question, is it the neck injury or was it the foot? So I'm really excited and interested to see what his medical evaluations are at the combine. Because if he if he gets a clean bill of health, dude can play. And he's an intriguing, intriguing prospect. Yeah, a couple of things. Is it kind of like a Miles Jack situation where people are thinking like he could be a really good player, but what if he only plays for five years and then has to quit, which I don't think has actually ended up being the case with Jack. I think he's ended up being fine mm-hmm. so far. Um, but is that kind of what people are thinking with the spinal thing? I don't know. Uh, because with Jack, it was the knee, right? Didn't he have like the micro fracture knee injury? Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah. the, the back backs are just a, a weird thing. And I bet, I bet every team is going to want to hear the word spinal. You never no. want to hear the word spinal. It's never good. No, and, and the fusion. I mean, Packers fans are familiar with that enough. I mean, that's similar to what to what Nick Collins had. And if you paid close attention to that, it, it matters where it's at in the spine. I believe the lower, the worse it is. Or I could be wrong. I don't know. But no, in any right. case, Ross is right. Like, anytime you hear spine or back injury, I think the saying is, I've never heard of anyone that used to have a bad back. Um, so... <laughs> 
So you you wonder about that, but he is. I mean, he is talented. He is very talented. Um, so he's that. That is my thing that I'm probably watching the closest this upcoming combine this week. And the second thing I was going to say is just as kind of a combine prepper, if you will. Um, you know, we've we've done the kind of the RAS guide uh, over when I was at She Said TV, and we've continued it to um, you know the the pack report. Where where do their minimums lie? And I would say, you know, we're talking about defensive linemen. You mentioned Kenny Clark and the way that he didn't test all that great. And we've really found, you know, these th- four positions that the Packers don't necessarily value athleticism a ton. Interior defensive line, they'll kind of do whatever. Like, I don't think TJ Slayton tested super well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Kiki did, but he's supposed to be a juice guy. But they've taken guys that don't test well at the interior D line. Um, they've taken very mediocre testers at, at, at linebacker with varying degrees of success. I mean, the best one they ever took was Oren Burks, and he, that, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I mean, from an RAS perspective, they've shown that they will gamble on athleticism at tight end, and they've shown they will gamble on athleticism at running back. Shout out Aaron Jones. Shout out Jamal Williams. And so those are the four spots where, you know, you're kind of like, oh, whatever. Other than that, though, all bets are off. I mean, you talk about MVS, even Jamon Moore. I know people think he sucked, but from a testing perspective, he certainly didn't. Edge rusher, corner, safety, tackle. They want freaks. Freaks, freaks, freaks. Yep. Yeah, they do. And so that's why I think for Packers fans, this stuff is even more interesting. Um, and Jacob brought it up, and I think he's right when you say something like, hey, Brian Gutenkust, do you know what RAS is? And in fact, Ross, I think you even mentioned RAS to Goody at one point, and he kind of just looked at you like you were a psychopath, and you had to like rephrase the question to be like, athletes. Because they, they absolutely have thresholds for athletes, yeah. and they probably have their own version of that. You like it, them to yeah. be big and run fast and jump high, yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 duh. <laughs> Who you you don't like the good, and so I I wonder too. You know, you mentioned um, tight end is something that they haven't really like. Jay Sternberger was not a freak athlete. I don't think Deguara really was Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, I wonder if they if they would maybe if if they maybe would correct themselves after that. And because I wonder about that kind of stuff. And then it's like with Amari Rogers too. How about Bobby? Does anybody know what Bob what Bobby ended up looking like? Well, no, you would be the guy. He played. I mean, he's the FCS quarterback, right? Look <laughs> yeah. that up. You be the guy. Don't you expert. Don't you just have that? Don't you just have that knowledge in your head, Ross? <laughs> give, give me one second. I'll effort that. But I, I was, you know, and Amari Rogers is another guy. As I'm, I'm, I just wrote up two guys for the guide. I just wrote up Kyle Phillips and Wayne Dale Robinson. Two. Bobby's you know, Is he? Yeah. Eight point eight. I think they, they would like draft him either, could. though. No, they didn't. So, they, no, no, they didn't. Yeah, that and was so a, that was a free agent signing too, and that's where you know we've talked about this in the past too, where some of those things change a little bit. Like Zadarius Smith wasn't an elite tester, if memory serves, and they signed him he to a, a really big deal, anyways. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how some of that. I turns will out. say but they I, have cared less about athleticism in free agent signings than they have against the draft because I don't think Billy tested very well either, and I don't think Amos did either. Like they, mm, they, I think Amos was, but I get what you're okay. saying because and Preston, Preston was a freak. But I think yeah, like if they can, if you can go out and sh- prove like, hey, 
can you play at, at this level with that type of athleticism? Sure, we'll pay you, but the draft is all about mitigating risks, right? And if you can try to narrow it down any way you can, that is all what teams are trying to do. And, you know, they might take guys off the board and later on teams might, you might, you might point at them and be like, well, why didn't you take this guy? It clear, he clearly was good on tape. And I think the Packers response would be, yeah, he was good on tape and we liked him, but we look at this as a whole, we look at it almost as like a math equation. And I know some people aren't going to like that, but it's like, we're mitigating our risks here. And that might mean we're going to miss out on a player that has better tape than someone that is more athletic but we're going to gamble on the athletes at these positions because history has shown us that those are the guys that hit. And so I think they literally have wider margins of error in all aspects. You you have a wider swath of guys that have been successful in the league. And frankly, when you make a mental mistake, if you're a freak athlete, it's easier to recover from it. It's it's just a, it it just Uh, example. Did anyone, did anyone watch Eric Stokes this year as a rookie? My right. man got torched more than once and was just able to raw speed make up for that mistake. Can't and teach that. Can't teach 428. No, you cannot. You cannot. So that's it's nice. It's nice having that on, on the roster, um, and that's a lot of fun. Jacob, what else you got for us today? Yeah, the other thing, I said we weren't going to talk about the combine very much because all of us are upset that we couldn't be there. So then Jake <laughs> decided to take that for an extra 15 minutes. But that's okay. We'll forgive him <laughs> on this time around. I uh, wanted to talk. Next week will be uh, a preview show of sorts um, for free agency, kind of. But I did want to know if you guys had somebody ahead of time that you're looking at of like, here's a position that the team has a need at, and this is a free agent that I would love for them to sign. And, Jake, since you were here you know, later than ever, and don't worry about the cap stuff. Uh, I think if there's anything that that we've kind of figured out over the last couple of weeks is the Packers have found money in places that we didn't even know existed. So, I mean, I'm not saying that they could sign a top of market guy at his position, but you can kind of get rid of the disclaimer of if the money works, then we understand that you're saying this if the money works. So, Jake, where's your first instinct to take you there? Uh, I'll give you two. I know you just said one. So I'll give you I'll give you a no cap. Let's take the cap off. I would love to see where Chris Godwin is at with his knee injury. And I, if he, if he, if my man can give me three quarters of a season, and this might even be a cheap deal, you know, I don't know why he wouldn't just sign it in Tampa. Well, actually, I do because Tom Brady just left. But <laughs> and if, so if you want, <laughs> if you want to come here and try to recoup some value in Green Bay, give us half a season for a cheap deal, get you ready for the playoffs. That's fine. Do it. That would be cool. Um, so that's that's a guy I would kick the tires on. Um, my guess would be I bet someone will still get him top of market type money. Um, but a guy that I think would really help this team out and be an underrated underrated signing, and Packers fans are very familiar with, is Jakeem uh, Grant, the returner slot type guy. Um, played for Chicago, has played for Miami. Obviously, had the almost single handedly beat the Packers <laughs> via special teams. Um, I, tried. I, I think that was in Lambo or something. I don't know. It was at uh, Lambeau. But, it was there. It sucked. Yeah, so keep him keep him there. Keep him in Lambo. He loves playing there. He looks real fast there. I think he obviously would be an upgrade at you know all all of your return units. He'd be an upgrade at. Um, but one thing that I thought was really interesting this last year, as far as watching this Packers team, and I was kind of starting to get into it when I was talking about like the Wayne Dells and the Kyle Phillips, like these you know jitterbugs, fast slot type guys is the Packers still like to do a lot of window dressing with their offense. But when you don't have a guy that is going to put any fear into the heart of defenses running that jet motion type sweep, 
teams are going to stop respecting it. And they absolutely stopped respecting it against the Packers last year. And I don't blame them. When big Alan Lazard is coming on that jet sweep, that doesn't scare anybody. So getting a guy like Jakeem Grant into this scheme where it's like, hey, we can run that jet sweep and the dude might actually take it the distance like he did against the Packers. Um, That would be something that I would be really interested in um, for a kind of an under the radar type signing in Green Bay. Ross. Uh, this is kind of a Ted Thompson move more than a Brian Gutekunst move. Although Gutekunst did resign Tremont, but it's it's resigning a guy like Tremont, and that's Brian Bulaga. Now that that means that the Chargers do, and which has been rumored, uh, it means the Chargers do have to move on from him and you know kind of cut bait on that contract. But frankly, what he has given them was not acceptable to what they are paying him and what they would have to pay him under his current contract. So I think that's a possibility. And uh, you look at a Packers team that could be grooming Royce Newman as the right tackle of the future. If they really, really like, uh, you know, Runyon and, and want to kind of move, move forward with, with those guys or, or if they want to do, um, you know, a, a Royce and Runyon long-term at guard and, and kick Jenkins out to right tackle, then this kind of makes it a moot point. But if Bulaga wants to do what Jake is talking about with uh, Godwin, I got I got to bounce after this, but reestablish some value for one more run, or just treat this as your one more run. And I know Bulaga sounds like kind of a premium person in the Rick Wagner slash Veldheer role, but slash Dennis Kelly, like, but they've signed that guy, and why can't that guy be Brian Bulaga? especially if they feel like Elton Jenkins is is his timeline is that he could be available because then, you know, you, you figure out, okay, well, do you play Royce? Do you not play Royce? Okay, we really like running at left guard, but maybe we just put Elton back at left guard. You have all these options if you have, hey, we might only get six games of Brian and then he might break down again, but we'll get those six games of Brian and we have these contingencies. So that's kind of my guy. Uh, my fit, especially in, in, and I know you said not to, but in these, in this economy, if you will. <laughs> well, and the Packers have signed a free agent offensive lineman every year since Brian Gutekunst has been the general manager. So that wouldn't yeah. be surprising on that end of things. We'll see if they can keep uh, Billy Turner, in which case, like you said, then he becomes Wagner and Veld here. You can find him on Twitter. He's at Ross Uglum. Check out over at Packer Report. He's doing receivers and edges for the Cheesehead TV draft guide this year. So, Ross, appreciate having you on. Before we sign off, I'm going to give my fit, and that is Akeem Hicks, defensive lineman out of Chicago. Ross said this was kind of uh, Ted Thompson-y. It's also kind of Goody-y, but Ted Thompson, I remember. I just think of the Julius Peppers signing. And Akeem Hicks, not that level of player, not a Hall of Famer, but just somebody that they could add to that defensive line room and just be nasty uh, next to Kenny Clark and then put those guys with you know Clark and Hicks with Gary and Preston and – whoever their edge rusher choice is and kind of be able to move from there. The other name I'm going to throw out there just for funsies <laughs> is Rob Gronkowski, because I think the Packers need a tight end. Gronkowski has got plenty of Super Bowl pedigree, obviously having played with Tom Brady. He has said he'd only play with Brady in the past, but recently said he would play with Joe Burrow. So I wonder, can Joe Burrow mean Aaron Rodgers? And then you add in, and he's the best tight end, even at his age. I think he's even the best tight end that, Aaron Rodgers has ever played with, with a apology due to Jermichael Finley on that front. So 
those are our early, early picks. We'll see what happens here in a couple of weeks on that front. We'll see what happens potentially today on the Aaron Rodgers front. Until then, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westdorf. You can find Jacob Morley. He's at Jacob Morley. And check out on the Game On Wisconsin page. This is our pinned tweet, and you're going to see it a lot from Jake and myself here over the next couple of weeks, the Green Bay Draft Guide, an opportunity for you guys to buy the cheese on TV one too. You can never have too many opinions on, on draft prospects or anything like that. So buy both of them. Ours is uh, for the Green Bay Draft Guide. It's $8.99 if you order it now. Pre-order it now between now and April 11th. Um, that date can be flexible, uh, but we'll, we'll let you pre-order between now and April 11th. Uh, over 200 pro- uh, profiles dedicated specifically to the Green Bay Packers. So check that out. Check out everything else. We will be back next week, maybe with a decision, and Panda Watch, as we know it, will be over. See you guys next week. Mm-hmm.